Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au.
3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Kulin Nations, Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples. And we pay respect to Elders past and present. Hello to any Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander, First Nations people tuning in from lands all over the nation, all over the planet, sorry, which will be very relevant today, as we'll find out in a second. And um, we acknowledge that all the lands on this big island and most of the surrounding smaller ones were stolen and never ceded, and that reconciliation is an ongoing process. I'm Sally Goldner. I'm your host for the show. I use the pronoun she and her, and welcome to listeners of all genders, including but not limited to ladies and gentlemen. And we opened up today with KD Lang, Black Coffee. Um, I have my, um, I'm such a latte belt person. Well, not quite. I've got my flat white with one, um, which is just about finished and giving me energy for the show. And um, other things are too. And the coffee is needed as here in the Southern Hemisphere, we come out of um, winter solstice and the days are now 10 seconds longer. It's all, what is it? We're over the hump. Hooray down here. Um, but we have a guest today on the show who's over in the Northern Hemisphere, <clears throat> which is why, two reasons why I opened with KD Lang from Canada. Um, and also next Saturday, the 1st of July, is Canada's National Day. So happy um, Canada, Canada National Day into those in the Canadian club. Oops, that could have been interpreted as sponsorship. I'd better not say that. Um, but it is my pleasure, seriously. Oh, actually, first things, a couple of other things before I welcome my guest. Thanks to um, James from Out of the Blue, diving deep for the Marine News every Sunday from 11.30 till news as part of the Out of the Blue crew. And you can get in touch with the program. Lots of ways to do it <clears throat> um, for immediate effect. Out of the pan, 855 at gmail.com. Uh, SMS 61456751215, Mastodon, Twitter and Instagram at Sal Gold Said So. And remember, that's the bottom line. And look for posts on Facebook, Out of the Pan, 3CR 855 AM Melbourne and my page, Sally Golden. Remember, any opinions on the show are my own. And the slightly longer um, term way to get in touch with the show, PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. Don't expect any um, triggers on the show today. Um, we'll mention the numbers if needed. Now I can introduce my fabulous guest who is on the line from the west coast of the Americas. Um, someone who is, um, well, is re- I think I'm going to say, even though she may disagree, I think relatively well known for great work in the Melbourne LGBTI community as a social worker and has now written a book which she's going to tell us about. Um, welcome Tracy Whitmore to 3CR. Thanks so much, Sally. It's, it's great to aw- be here. awesome to have you with us. Um, a couple of things first. You're you're sitting there. I can. Well, I mean, I can obviously see the Zoom screen. Um, <clears throat> but you're sitting there in a wonderful Pride scarf. You've just been to a Pride event because it is Pride Month, and of course, you get to go out and do it in the summer solstice warmth of the Northern Hemisphere. Do do tell us a little about the Pride event because we can all, we can always hear about Pride events. Yeah, yeah. I I do get to do it in the summer solstice hours, which is fantastic. It's been a beautiful day today. Sorry to those of you in Melbourne. <laughs> it's been it's been beautiful. So we we had well we had actually two pride events Ooh. this weekend. So one last night, which was a um, gala to to celebrate 
a woman who is a fantastic activist and has been for most of the 80 years of her life, and also to raise money to help bring a refugee family, a queer family, to Canada to um, to safety, which was pretty fantastic to to attend that with a whole bunch of um, queer queer artists and people doing all sorts of fun things last night. And then today was in the park. So lots of stalls and music and drag queen entertainment and loads and loads of fun and sunshine. (laughs) Well, that's what we like to hear. But, you know, our our turn will come six months from now. It will, it will. Melbourne will be bleeding. And we will be freezing when it does. (laughs) Well, that's right. And we'll be going, oh, gosh, I hope it's not going to be 40 degrees on Pride March like it was in 2018. We still haven't forgotten that. And that's 40 Celsius, not 40 Fahrenheit. But, yeah, um, yeah. you know, we, um, it's great. I'm, I look, I think it is always awesome to hear of Pride events. I just, you know, I think we need, ev- always need every, we'll say, dose thereof of um, queer pride. Yeah. And also, I just want to say, and I think that's really awesome um, that, you know, of the intersectionality there, helping a queer refugee, fa- you know, working with to assist a queer refugee family, that's, you know, great awareness of, you know, privilege and, and you know, sort of intersectionality. So, you know, I think yeah. that's really cool. What a great way to start the show. And now it's going to get better exactly. because we want to talk about the fact that you have written a book called I have. It, It's About You Too. Uh, let's start, um, you know, by saying what made you write any book? And then I'll say particularly this one. Let's dive in there. Um, what's a book? Because writing a book... Um, it's not just something, you know, you just, um, oh, well, I'll take a day off <clears throat> day off my day job and write a book. Um, tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the idea of writing a book has been a few years in the making. Uh, the, the content of the book has changed slightly over those years. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it, I just felt like it was the best way to get the information to more people. So that um, because I'm only one person, so I can't talk to everybody in the world, mm. <laughs> though I'm open to talking to as many as possible. So that was that was what drove me to to write a book was to really get the information that I included in the book out to more people, well, make it more accessible. Well, well, that's that's a fair thought. I mean, um, you can't talk to one person, but hopefully, potentially, we can reach. Well, I'd love it if we reached 8 billion people today, um, but yeah. we can really at least reach some of them um, through the power of the radio waves and our podcast um, repeat and on demand thereafter. Um, mm-hmm. And you now we, we, we need every bit of information. I mean, to some of us in queer communities, we kind of feel oh, maybe we've heard it before, but there's always, of course, a family where someone will come out as queer, um, particularly, and we'll drill a little more towards the emphasis of your book, where the person disclosing something, and you've only covered gender identity and sexual romantic orientation in this book, um, mm-hmm. um, So, and I think that's a reasonable thing because variation of sex characteristics is a different, can have its differences mm-hmm. compared to those attributes. Um, you've um, you know, focused on where younger people come out, which gives us a chance to give the um, again, the title of the book and what made you decide to write about um, that particular area of um, all the things you've done? Yeah, so, I mean, the book is for parents of um, 
for parents of LGBTQIA plus people mm -hmm. generally, regardless of their age, but it does focus in a little bit more where parents are actually still doing the parenting. Gotcha. And like you mentioned, I don't I don't focus in so much on intersex, and that is because it is quite quite a different experience and often parents will already know the information mm. so it's not as much about coming out or finding out this new information and being overwhelmed um i think their their overwhelm is probably a lot earlier and before the child often even knows themselves so it's a, a different conversation so i definitely work in that space but i didn't um focus the book as much on those things though i feel like it will definitely benefit mm. Well, I've been told it will benefit any parents, regardless of their child's sexuality or gender identity or or anything else. So um, the the pet or well, the reason behind this was I worked for many many years um, supporting young people, so ten to twenty five year olds, which then led me to working with parents as well, supporting parents, and. You know, there's there's been for a very long time a huge gap in that support in the professional space, and I know now there's a lot more peer support groups, which is fantastic because I think um, that peer support is really mm -hmm. important and that connection and having having people that have a similar experience or and or understanding of people's experiences. But the reason why I chose to write this book was because I was hearing more and more often from parents that they were being told that it's not about you. So when they were seeking out support, and this is parents that are mostly wanting to be supportive mm -hmm. of their child, just don't know how, don't know where to start, scared of saying or doing the wrong thing, mm -hmm. worried about whether or not, you know, if they support their child, is is that going to be harmful for their child and all of those things. And so what these parents were coming to me and saying was they were being told from all avenues that it's not about you, it's about your child, you need to put your feelings aside and just support your child. And whilst I agree with part of that, it is important for the parent to to support their child and focus on their child and, and it is about their child. The other reality is that people can't put their feelings aside, especially when it mm -hmm. comes to your child. And so that's not a realistic expectation. And a lot of those parents were kind of shutting down then, not seeking support, scared to to explore and ask questions, which is more harmful to their child because they then can't get the education, the information that they need, and they also struggle to um, process their own feelings and, and you know, where their thoughts and values and beliefs are coming from. So that's what drove me to, to write this, and it's where the title come from, <laughs> came mm -hmm. from. It, it's about you too, so it is about you too. Yep. Um, yeah, and that's that's where. So the two is really important there. It is about your child, and it's about you, and it's you need to do the work. Yeah, look, lots in there. <clears throat> you know, just to, to reiterate that. I mean, you can't. I don't believe in invalidating anyone's feelings. I mean, that's mm. that can be very hard. I'm just going beyond our dis topic of discussion for a second where the views might appear, and I hate binaries, very opposite to your own. 
Mm-hmm. And it can be very hard to put yourself in someone else's position if the feelings seem different. But we're not talking something that hard here. And it can, and I mm-hmm. share my experience as a facilitator of the group Trans Family for loved ones of trans mm-hmm. and gender diverse people. You know, this <clears throat> brings lots of bells to me. Parents turn up. It's all a bit left field and perhaps mm-hmm. even more so for their, where their child is identifying beyond the binary. Um, that can be a bit of an extra challenge. It's like, well, I, mean, I thought it was man, but in very bad language for a second, man becoming woman, woman becoming man. Uh, what's this sort of something else again? And those feelings are valid. And I've seen this time and again at the trans family meetings where someone's very quiet, they pluck up the courage to speak, and it's just you can always, <clears throat> you can see one or two people nudging the boxes of tissues towards them. Um, mm. And then finally it's like they open up and it's like, oh, gosh, there's someone else like that and they've been through this four years ago and the relief is there. And we need support for our journeys and the loved one's journey, parents or anyone else, grandparents, nibblings, siblings, is all valid and there needs mm-hmm. to be a space for them. And I, I so, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that and there'd be there would be some – Trans people in particular who might disagree with me on what I've just said, but they have a right to their space. And then the thing that I was going to say is that I use the analogy a lot of batteries and battery cables. Your child wants to plug into your batteries. Well, if your battery's flat, it's not going to work. But if you're keeping your battery (laughs) charged and charging it more, then that kid's going to sort of... um, in this case, is going to go into top gear a lot more quickly um, and in a very safe, um, fuel-efficient way as well. So I think it's really, really important that we give parents the space. And, um, you know, you've done that in this this wonderful book. Um, You know, sort of it's about you too, reducing the overwhelm for parents of LGBTQ plus kids. And there's a couple of things that I like. First first one that I... um, there's a good range of L, L, G, and B, and then within the T, there's binary and non-binary and everything else. That that obviously mm-hmm. is important, but I'd still want to get your your own words on that as to how important that was when you shared when you've shared those stories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, it's very important to to cover everybody's stories. Um, and I think I've done I think I've done a, a little bit in in that. Um, covering covering each person's stories. It was tricky trying to put together stories to try and cover um, the different the diff like obviously the different gender identities and sexualities, but also the different experiences on the other levels. So um, I tried to include uh, where. Where, where you know a partner is not being included in the information sharing, so a child comes out to to one parent and not the other parent or the partner of of that parent, and so there are other experiences as well, so that people could you know where there was marriage included or um, babies being being conceived, and you know all the different kind of elements to people's lives, so. And also trying to make sure that I protected people's uh, confidentiality. So mm. some stories that I was going to share that I decided not to was a little bit because um, their their stories were quite unique in some ways, and I was concerned about protecting their their confidentiality. So 
Yeah, but definitely very important. And from what I'm hearing so far from people who have who have read, they're able to pull out little elements from the stories where they can connect. Maybe the whole story doesn't sound like theirs, but but different elements of it does, which is was my goal, which is great. Yeah, well, that's the thing. There's always it could, but it's often can be that one snippet, the small, mm-hmm. we'll say, speck of gold that comes to the surface and um, that shines through, so to speak, and gives everyone that OMG light bulb, <clears throat> twenty four carat moment, so to speak, where they yeah, can, yeah. you know, go onto a, a better road, which I think is really important, and it's. In one sense, therefore, the book is packed with information and stories. The other part I think is really, really awesome myself is that you've got these sort of grounding tips at the end of each chapter, um, you know, which yep. is takes another approach because we all know that different people respond to different forms of communication and parts mm-hmm. of the brain, and you've taken that approach. Tell us a bit more about that bit because that just, that just struck me as, yeah, really cool. Yeah. Well, my focus is, you know, in all of the work that I do is around self-care and being kind to yourself. So I really wanted to make sure that, you know, there's actions in there that are more practical in relation to, you know, engaging with your child. And then there's the what I call term the MOPS, moments of pause, which are mini mindfulness practices where people can just calm the nervous system basically mm. so that they can um, be a better place to take in the information that's that's in the book and and try and take care of themselves a little bit more. And I do want to say in relation to that and your last question, the intent of this book when I started writing it was going to be, uh, the book was going to be between 100 and 150 pages. Mm-hmm. That was the hope. <laughs> well, that yeah. was the the aim. It's turned out to about two hundred and eighty, I think. So That's right. Yeah, I could have just kept writing and writing and writing to include everybody and everything, but I had to stop somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's the thing. I mean, this is I'm I've never written a book. I mean, it's it's somewhere in somewhere in middle in personally. Just to break away for a second in in my bucket list, it's about getting mm-hmm. the time and the having the money to do it. It would be. And I mean, the the specific thing would be about what, but you know, the thing that I do when I do listen to other writers of any sort, fiction, nonfiction, is it can you know to quote the name of an Ed Cooper band from the eighties, the yard goes on forever, um, <laughs> and um, you do sort of end up feeling like you could write forever. So it's um, you know it's a challenging thing, which just brings us back to the process of the book um, in terms of editing and publishing. How how and who who and how, so to speak, there, you know, who helped you out there and how did you find them and how did that all go? That sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting you mentioned you mentioned budget what as one of the things when you're wanting to write, it's having the money to do so as well, because it can be an extremely expensive process, which I didn't have the budget, but I also didn't want that to get in the way of this book getting out there. So I've been very, very lucky to have a couple of people edit for me who, um, so one person you know, Suzanne Prosser. Oh, absolutely. She was one of my editors and um, my aunt, auntie actually, who's a psychologist. So her name's Jane Whitmore. And so I had, I, I edited myself, which 
I'm not very good at editing my own work. I can edit other people's, but not mm. my own. But I hear that most people are like that. So I went through the first editing round, then gave it to Jane and she put her her academic and psychology lens over it. Mm-hmm. And then I reviewed that, then gave it to Suzanne and she put her intellectual and her, her LGBTQIA plus lens over over it as well and um, her and I have worked quite closely together for many years so she knows my work as well yeah so she was able to to do that side of it and then proofreading where you know 2023 there's plenty of software out there that that does that for you that it's not 100% accurate so I had to go over and over and over that several times which Mm -hmm. has been a long I think I think I took just as long editing and proofreading as I did writing the book itself. And then I'm self-publishing, which has been an exciting and interesting process as well. So it's been a great learning process on every angle. Yep. Oh, look, ab- absolutely so. Um, and sort of from, well, I'll say f- um, before we go to a comment from a listener, <coughs> um, um from the time you sort of, well, I'll say first wrote something, um, you know, and you yep. obviously would have had notes in your head for years, but from the time you really decided to sit down to the time, whereas as of today, da, 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 we can announce that it is all fully published. Um, it uh, is. Yes. Um, and, um, yep, um, currently on Amazon and will be in bookstores. Um, hopefully the wonderful, mm-hmm. he- I'm sure the wonderful Hairs and Hyenas, Hello Roland, um, if you're listening, we'll want to get a copy of this. Um, yeah, hopefully. You know, so how long did it all take? I'm just, I'm just a bit curious. Yeah, so from, from sitting down brainstorming content and mapping out what was going to go in this book and what's going to go into another one <laughs> was August last year. So it's that 10, 10 11 months from, from sitting down and having paper spread all over my office floor to um, to now. I guess 11 months are probably inaccurate. Yeah. Well, look, I, I can see your office now. It's looking very tidy and also seeing the <laughs> um, people of colour rainbow flag in the background as well is also a very nice thing as well. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, well, that's pretty reasonable for a 280, 290-page book that it all just came a, a flying out. Um I must admit, I'm yeah. um, just totally um, sort of, well, a bit, not quite, what's ap- apropos of something. Um, I'm trying to read the book Bird by Bird about how to write at the moment. Um, I keep um, mm-hmm. getting other books, keep um, good books uh, like yours that I need to read, keep coming along. But um, I think that, you know, those sorts of things that help people write and write something and write steadily, I think, are the go as well. Um, whether it's sort of yeah. fiction, non-fiction, advice, personal development, whatever it a is. A little bit a day yep. was how I found, you know, minimum of an hour a day was how I got, got through that. Cool. Because once you get going, sometimes you'll, if you've got the time, you'll just keep going. But if you think that if you try and sit down for three or four hours, you know, two days a week or something, nah. that's, it feels like yeah, too big a job and then you just don't sit down. And well, cafes are great. For me, anyway, I, I like to go sit in in the cafe and write, and I could treat myself to a coffee, to a latte. And... Oh, look, you're still a true Melbourneian at heart. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I am. I am, and Vancouver now makes 
pretty good lattes, which is fantastic because the first time I came here, they didn't. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Well, look, I have a, I'm going to digress again. I have a bit of a soft spot for Canada, but having been there many years ago in 1994, I felt it was a, a lovely country that had the best of so many things, nature, friendliness, um, yeah. history, um, and a range of stuff to see and um, – well, good food and a good range of beer, in my opinion, as well. That's also important for the yeah, evening. Yeah, um, lots of local breweries. Yes. Um, what? And, no, I'd better not mention a particular brand, but there's one brand I think that should be imported into Australia and isn't boo-hoo-hoo. Anyway, um, <laughs> 3CR Community Radio, no sponsorship allowed, but if that brewery want, if Canadian breweries want to get in touch with me, we'll see what we can do. Um, we probably have a no alcohol policy. I, should, I, should, I shouldn't digress too much. But, um, you know, sort of writing in, yeah, just giving that thing. I was going to ask something else. Do you write things out by hand first or do you type into a, um, a computer? Yeah, all on the computer. Just thought I'd check. I have notes in front of me. So so what I did to at the start was I just um every time an idea came into my head I would I would type well if I didn't have something to type it I would handwrite it but then I would put it in to a word document and then I'd cut up, up all of the ideas into little strips. And then that's what I had scattered all over my office oh my floor God. and then tried to shuffle them around into <laughs> into categories to try and create chapters. <laughs> well, talking categories, it's just as well you didn't have a cat because you know they would have they would have mucked it up. The cat would have mucked it up. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah lucky there's no pets in this office. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask something else, and this is a very apropos of nothing, and it's just, but it's come to me, and I'm, you don't have to answer this. It's nothing to do with writing the book. I mean, you're on the North American continent, um, yes, in Canada, mm-hmm. which. Um, Overall, on LGBTIQA plus has a pretty good record, but you are next door to the USA, where we I know am. there is just so much difficult stuff going on. Being closer to it, I thought, you know, and this is you can—it's just totally your subjective thoughts. Um, you know, what are your thoughts and feelings on what is going on in the country next door to where you now live? It's heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> in in a word, it is absolutely heartbreaking. I. I I assume we hear a lot more here than than what you're hearing there, and I have a lot a lot of contacts in the US as well from from the queer community and parents and and family members, and I mean obviously some states are a lot worse mm. than others, but it's um, yeah it's and because this is the work that I do, so it's all over my social social media yeah. For like, I have to be on my social media a lot. So it's it is really really difficult. There are some some uplifting stories coming through like in some of the worst states there there are a few like I think it was Florida a, a judge has has um gone against some of the bans that were being put forward yeah. um for you know, interfering with trans healthcare and that kind of thing, but it's still pretty, pretty awful. I don't, I don't even. I'm kind of don't have words for it. It's just yeah, devastating. Oh well, look, you know, rest assured, I I feel the same. And I think that yeah, there was the news of a a federal judge overturning the Arkansas law banning trans uh, minors trans trans minors yeah. healthcare during the week, which was a glimmer of 
Yeah, you know, sort there's of been a, a couple of those, which is great. Yeah, sort of the sandbags against the flood, so to speak. But it's, um, yeah. you know, we're going to need, unfortunately, going to need to pile up the sandbags for a bit and then, you know, turn it mm-hmm. back. And so it is pretty, yeah, it is pretty awful. I mean, we get a steady flow of news here on it. Um, and, you know, again, obviously someone, myself, just being a little self-indulgent in the networks, we hear of it. And it's just, it is, it's, you know, my feeling is one of disbelief at the irrationality and the unkindness mm, of it all yeah. and the, the spin doctoredness. But um, I think that, you know, just, I don't know, it feels like where the mobilisation is pushing back here. There was actually a meeting of um, Victorian queer advocates on how we can start pushing back proactively on Friday, which unfortunately I was unable to attend. Um, mm. And I'm sure that's spreading around this this big island and the surrounding smaller ones um, very quickly. And Rainbow Community Angels has, has set itself up, um, a revival of something from the early 2000s, which is good. But, mm-hmm. you know, it just that's seems right. the frustration we know is we know what we need to get done and it's not happening. Um, so it's all mm. that sort of thing. But thanks, thanks for letting us know because, um, you know, it can be sometimes, you know, you can read things in newspapers or whatever, queer or mainstream, but it doesn't quite feel the same as hearing it from someone who's closer yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to just say, though, too, just on, mm. on what you said, there there is a lot of fantastic work going on, on as well. A lot of Please, people yeah. doing doing a lot of advocacy and, and a lot of activism out there. And I, I think the disappointment is that we're still having to do that and yeah. do so much of it and, and against such... Um, know what the word is it's like it's just so overt and so disgusting with mm. a lot of the behavior that's going on but but there is a lot of uh there was a um a, a rally a protest out the front of a school which just like you said like it's just disbelief yeah um why people would do that but there was a protest going on around um Against the SOGI, I think, which is a program that's in schools educating around sexuality and gender identity, and um, but a whole but there was a whole bunch of people that created like a wall, a protection wall between the protesters and the school, so it protected the kids yep. from at least seeing. They probably didn't. Well, I, th- I think they made a lot of noise as well, so the kids couldn't hear. Like they kind of drowned out the the anti-soji protests, which was pretty fantastic. Yeah. Now, just coming back to the, the messages before um, we just mm-hmm. check in if there's anything else we need to discuss, one of our recurring awesome listeners, Kayleen, has come in and said, um, just affirmed what you said about, well said by your guest about support and validation, and um, she needed that for her parents in the 90s, was one mm. comment. And... Um, Ah, yes. Um, <laughs> um, someone else, um, Jenny, who's one, another of our awesome recurring listeners, um, has said um, that I attended Q&A recently. Yes, I was in the audience for Q&A on ABC TV here on Monday night, and you can mm-hmm. look for the rainbow scarf and beanie because it was flapping freezing. Um, um, Jenny said, I've never watched the show. Um, what was the purpose of my attendance? Did I get to ask a question? Still, in fact, if engaged with the show to initiate real change after the controversy with Stan Grant, find the show's direction questionable um, in recent years. Not really a fan anymore, can understand why Stan Grant left it too. Well, let me unpack all of that. Yes, I was in Q&A, Jenny, just to hang on there for a second, Leanne. Um, 
So I was did a, a talk Thursday week ago at a Baptist church of all places, and it turned out someone in the audience was a producer of that of that talk. Is a producer on Q&A and invited me in, given that Reuben was in, which is how I got on there. I did submit a question, but it wasn't asked, and I was going to put it mainly to Bill Shorten. Um, and I won't reveal the question because I'm going to keep it as a surprise if I ever get to ask it again on a future episode, if I go back and there's more queer stuff. I have to say that now, um, with Pat Cavallis in, um, as host at the moment, obviously it's a lot, I found it a lot better. I don't, can't, I'd better be careful saying this. I can't remember the last time I really watched Q&A, Jenny, um, and listeners, um, and um, it did seem like it was a very fair and reasonable thing um, overall on the show. And there was some, you know, I think more sensible debate. Um, yet the show's direction has been questionable. Understand why Stan Grant left it too. Yeah, and I do wonder if Stan felt he had to compromise. Not, and I don't, it's not for me to comment on Aboriginal issues and racism apart from being an ally. But I wonder if his values were compromised having to do some of the things he might have been asked to do. Um, you know, is, is perhaps my thoughts there, um, Jenny, um, because, you know, it did seem like a very steady show and there wasn't anything, there wasn't the cutting over and the silliness that, um, turned me off Q and A many years ago. Um, and Jenny has said, hope I'm nice and warm in the studio. <laughs> yes, I am. I have my scarf on and, um, if I didn't have to put the headphones on, I'd still have my beanie on. Ha ha. Um, so there's, <laughs> uh, there's some le- uh, messages from our listeners. If you want to get in touch with the show, I'll just run through them again. Out of the pan 855 at gmail.com, SMS 61456751215, tweet Mastodon and Instagram, I must remember to post on Mastodon, um, still new to that, at, uh, at Sal Gold said so, and Facebook, out of the pan, 3CR 855 AM Melbourne, and my page, Sally Goldner. Tracy, um, you know, I think we've got got the book pretty well covered, apart, um, let's ask one question before we go to, is there anything else? And I'll just say, um, how do people buy the book at this time and hopefully find other ways to buy the book um, in the future? Yeah, so at the moment it's available on Amazon and really that's because it's the most accessible for self-publishing authors. Yep. So it's available if if you've got an Australian Amazon account, it's on um, amazon.com.au. Mm-hmm. If you, Some people in Australia have a US account. So that's just .com. So you can get the paperback version or the ebook, Kindle version on Amazon at the moment. And in the next two to three weeks, it should be available in some bookstores. I'm not sure all of the bookstores because the the distribution company I go through, they kind of give you a handful of the list, um, but they don't give you all of the, the bookstores. So if if you are a person who doesn't want to or is unable to order through Amazon and you're interested in buying a book, in a couple of weeks you'll be able to contact whichever bookstore that you like to go to and ask them for it. And if they, um, then they can contact their distribution companies and see whether they've got it. Yeah, and then so basically, when when bookstores get the request through, then they go looking for it. Cool. If they haven't already got it, well, I'm sure hairs and hyenas down at the Pride Centre with Roland and um, Graham and the bookshop in Darlinghurst, and I'm terribly sorry to our West Australian listeners. I've had a blank on the name of the bookshop that 
provides lots of queer books over there. I think it might be Rabble, but please forgive me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll get onto it and um, we can support our queer outlets, um, which is always an awesome thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, sort of just one last, last I'll just, I think we've got it all covered, Tracy, but I'll just check in if there's anything else that you want to add about, um, you know, your, your, your fabulous book. I'm sure you could talk um for hours and hours on it, but um, just once again, um, you know, sort of um, anything else that you want to add um, about um, um, the um, wonderful book that you've put out, which is called um, It's About You Too, Reducing the Overwhelm for Parents of LGBTQ Plus Kids. If there is anything else that you, that has come to mind, that's all just a last check-in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would like to say that this book's come out of the all the work that I do with parents and with queer folk as well. So the the idea for me is to get, like I said, get this information out to more people. And if people are looking for a bit more support than what the book can offer, because obviously reading words in pages can be really helpful, but it does have its limitations. So I'm also... Uh, available for one-to-one work. I'm both a social worker and a coach, so I work from both perspectives and have programs for parents, like online um, programs. So being in Canada isn't isn't a barrier. There's there's um, do-it-yourself type type programs, and then ones that you can work with me directly as well. But it's all online. So, and I'm still working with plenty of people in Australia. Cool. So, yeah, so my business name is Indigo Journey, yep. and it's indigojourney.co, O for orange. So there's no M on the end. <laughs> okay, just a co. All right, Indigo Journey, yep. we'll, we'll look that out. I'll make, I'll pop that and a link to the book um, in the um, in the podcast link, um, which I think is fair and reasonable yeah, so people can find you. Um, Tracy, thanks for the book. I have no doubt that it will turn around one person's life for the better, make it easier, if not totally better. Mm-hmm. That's always an awesome thing. Um, thank you for all your, the work that you do. And, um, well, I'll let you get back to your Saturday evening in Vancouver, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yes, just, you know, sort of if you could um, just email or Facebook message me a couple of degrees from Canada at the moment just to even out the solstices. Ha ha. Um, but <laughs> no worries. Glad to hear the coffee's good. That's always a wonderful thing. And look, just again, thanks for such a wonderful book and thanks for your time on 3CR Sunday afternoon, Melbourne Eastern Time and, and um, Saturday evening, Vancouver, um, Western US, um, North American time. Thanks so much for having me, Sally. It's been fantastic. All right. I'll just get a track rolling. And just in your honour, I decided I'd dig out a track from, um, given that it was one of your earliest stamping grounds, a Geelong girl. Um, Here's Chrissy Amphlett and the Divinals. And you actually cover this a little in the book where someone wants to come and sleep over. So here's the track, Casual Encounter, 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally.
3CR, stay tuned, stay radical. 3CR Radiothon, show your support during June 2023. We demand the full restoration of all Indigenous lands and resources, and we demand the immediate cessation of all forms of exploitation and destruction of our land. We're here to remind you of our sovereignty and our original demand from day one. It started with intentional genocide of our people around the round table in England. It's all lies here. Everything's a lie. It's a great opportunity right now to step into a sovereign, independent republic. We demand a treaty. We demand our lands back. We demand to stop black death in custody. This is Leroy McQueen, and I say it'd be a good thing to support the Radiothon on 3CR. Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three CR dot org dot AU, three CR on demand out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. What a great book. Um just you know, we just I still say we can take all the resources we can get. Um that replies also to Radiothon, although not so much for Out of the Pan. Thank you to all our listeners. Out of the Pan has reached its target. I'll have a full list. In my best Chris Jericho voice, you just made the list if you donated. Um, but um, I'll have a full list next week. Um, but um, the station still has dis- um, some distance to travel, so please keep supporting us. I know Rotations, which obviously doesn't have a regular crew of presenters, still has to get a bit more of their target. So there's a show you can donate to, and I'll check with some other shows and keep it coming. Um, but remember, you still have until 5 p.m. Um, on Friday the 30th of June, because Jim Chalmers said so, and as a fully degree-qualified accountant, so did I, um, you can please support 3CR if you haven't already. If you have, thank you so much. Tell your friends. Um, as I jokingly say, tell your enemies as well. Um, had another message in from Jenny. Thanks for my response. Yeah, Pat Cavallis is pretty good. I reckon she's pretty awesome. Um, hope she's not being subjected to racism or sadly misogyny as an Australian Greek and what Stan went through. Yeah, ABC management um, could have done better. I've had my thoughts on items but trues before. Um, so anyway, that's just a debate for another time. Um and what else? Um, da, 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 um, hope the um, Miss Asia Pacific event um, down in um, the southwestern suburbs went well today. Great effort by um, PX Farnu and their team team to put it on. Um, you know that's been awesome. And I just thought, just on a slightly lighter note, um, now I know this is a little self-indulgent, but I'm still on a wrestling high after making my debut for a small promotion as a backstage interviewer last Saturday night, not at Festival Hall, at Bacchus Marsh Public Hall. Um, this came through in Pride Month. It just came through to me in the last four hours. Just to give the context, um, you know, and you look at where wrestling has been, which we discussed a few weeks ago on the show when I had Ken Dazzler Dunlop on, Australia's 
um, first um, prof- writer of Australia's first res- wrestling autobiography and an openly gay man. Uh, now, Anthony Bowens is in All Elite Wrestling, arguably the second biggest promotion in North America. He's openly gay. And this segment aired in the week during the week, and I'm just going to play the soundtrack to it. The woman talking to him is an Australian-born woman. I'm not that that's of huge relevance, although that he makes a joke about it. Um, let's just have a listen to this um, and show you that times can be a changing. Hey, Bowens, baby. It's pretty clear that you're into me. I don't think so. If we teamed up, we'd be the hottest couple on TV. We'd go on the cutest dates and maybe have a family. All right, cut this. Enough of this nonsense. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. You can't do that. Anthony Bones is taken. Did you just say that you think I'm into you? Duh. <laughs> very, very serious question. Did you get kicked too many times in the head by a kangaroo when you were a kid? Because... I don't know if you can see my gear here, lady. I'm gay. <laughs> Andy's taken. Yes. Crowd loves it. I had to play that. I know it's a little um, self-indulgent, but to think that you'd have a, a, cha- a crowd of wrestling fans in North America chanting, he's gay, he's gay, in a very positive way, um, I can't tell you how much that moved me, the fact that this came up on my feed in Pride Month and on today being the anniversary of the first ever use of the rainbow flag um, in 1978. It's the 45th anniversary, so I thought I'd had to play that because we do need some positives, little wherever they are, um, and big or small or in between. Um, and, yeah, um, prior to the messages musically, we played a Geelong girl in honour of the fact that Tracy, our guest, um, did originally work in Geelong the late great Chrissy um, Chrissy Amphlett and Divinals, a casual encounter um, from What a Life, which is a compilation of some of the Divinals' great tracks. I have another Canadian track to close the show today in honour of Canadian National Day um, next week, uh, next Saturday. Um, yeah, so little things like that. As, as we mentioned, also a win with um, Arkansas anti-trans healthcare laws being um, overruled by a federal judge as unconstitutional, as Daffy Duck would have said. Little snippets, so yeah, all these little um, pushbacks. And I'm just beginning to wonder, there was also a good piece in Crikey on Friday by a trans writer um, about how certain um, relatively right-wing politicians in Australia aren't reading the room. I'm not going to name the politicians, but it just feels like, you know, I know it's a lot of clawing back and we're going to have to stay on our toes, so to speak, or vigilant, or whatever is perhaps a better, um, more inclusive phrase to use. Apologies for that um, possible ableism there. Um, in fact, it was. It's not good enough. Um, my, I'll unconditionally apologise. But um, let's keep sort of nudging, um, moving forward and making sure that we get it right. But, um, you know, I just maybe people are beginning to just go, hmm, this has all gone a bit too far and it's filtering through. Maybe the, you know, as I say, we'll have to keep piling up the sandbags, so to speak, and I wish we didn't. But um, anyway, uh, we'll keep um, chuffing along. 
Um, this show will keep chuffing along. I've got um, all um, things, the goddess of internets and webs, zooms and webs and everything being willing. I have uh, lined up for next week, um, great Australian researcher and sociologist, Raywan Connell will be on the show, a fantastic trans woman. Um, and I know there's a few research research geeks out there who are going to love that. Um, so um, look forward to that. Um, lots of things happening at the moment. Uh, and the next thing that's happening on 3CR is, of course, Freedom of Species are in at um, 1 o'clock, Rotations at 2, who will be rotating in today. We Stay tuned and find out. And Queering the Air at 3. Um, so um, make sure you keep it locked on 3CR for your devices. I'll take it out today um, with some more Canadian music in honour of Canadian National Day next week. Here's a 70s classic um, from Backman Turner Overdrive. And you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't heard nothing yet on this show. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. (laughs) 